Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastors podcast sponsored by ODG Apparel. I am one of your hosts, Michael. And I'm Rob. Glad you're here to listen in while we talk about church, theology, and everything in between. Oh, are we on? We're live. We're not All right. live. All right, cool. Well, hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to the Babbling Pastors podcast again. And uh, we've been talking all month about uh, preaching styles, uh, models of preaching different people as the example. And we started with Stephen Furtick and Mike Todd. And then we moved a little more in the right direction and went to Matt Chandler and Jeff <laughs> Vanderstelt. And then the last week we talked about the Godfather, uh, R.C. Sproul and uh, John Piper, who uh, we all, I don't know, we both seem to really like them as well. So, and this, we're talking about actually the two best, I'm just kidding. Um, This whole episode is really us uh, babbling. Wrapping up, yeah. Wrapping up. No pun intended. Uh, Yeah, wrapping everything up. Uh, What can we learn from it? That kind of stuff. So. Yeah. So one question I had for you, and just so everybody knows, we've already talked about this a little bit, so we're not totally caught off guard. But one of the questions we get a lot, or I definitely get a lot, whenever I talk as passionately as I did in the first podcast about Stephen Furtick and Mike Todd, a lot of feedback, positive or negative, I get for making memes about Furtick, which, by the way, my New Year's resolution is to not make a meme about Furtick. That's my New Year's resolution. Um, yeah, it's actually, I know some of you are like, well, that's not hard. That's very difficult for me. Okay. So, um, anyway, a lot of the feedback uh, we get is, okay, well, if these guys are doing it so wrong, why are their churches so big and why are there so many people coming to their service and why are there so many people getting baptized and saved? Um, which I think your answer when we talked about this was really, really good. I don't think I have a whole lot to add to it. So do you want to share kind of what we've already said? I don't remember what we were talking about. No, I, I, I I mean, like you, you mentioned when we were talking about this, um, that I I think obviously there's some argument to be made just straight from scripture, you know, that people like uh, Furtick and Mike Todd are um, not as blatantly hard on people uh, from scripture, um, meaning you're probably not going to ever hear in any of their sermons, either one of them come out and say, um, that, uh, people are going to hell. Now, well, and on that, I don't think I've ever heard either one of them say the words sin, um, or repent. Right. So that, that's just another, I guess uh, they're, they're not as hard on people. And obviously, Right. If I'm if I'm going into something now as a mature believer, you're you're probably going to starve for an R.C. Sproul, John Piper kind of thing. Right. But as someone just coming off the street looking to plug in or how what's this church thing all about? The average Joe is going to really like Furtick more yeah. because mm-hmm. it's easier for me to like him more. I, I don't really get challenged as much. My challenges make it through the week. I mean, I'm not trying to pick on them, but mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm walking away with when I have heard their sermons, their preaching. Um, it's like, don't be depressed anymore. Jesus came, right? Um, that's that's the depth of it, kind of. And um, whereas 
uh, some of the other guys, I mean, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot more to take in. It's a lot deeper. It's a lot more, uh, I just got punched in the guts, but it's, it needed to happen kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, there's, there's an aspect of it that's very biblically based that, um, like you said, people like to have their ears tickled. Right. And that's true. Um, but um what what else was it that i said in the last well that was pretty much what you said i mean that that sums it up is that if you're if you're a new christian coming off the yeah that's yeah that's right that i mean that's very uh it's it's something that you do want to hear because if you're a new christian you are trying to get through the day-to-day stuff of okay well if god loves me then why is this happening those sorts of questions yeah we did talk about and one thing i mentioned when we were talking was um like so when i was listening not only I'm trying not to point just these guys out, but really any of the guys in that sort of camp, the, uh, the Judas Smiths, the Todd, uh, the Chad Vosses, like those guys, when yep. you're listening to them, a lot of it is sort of this there. They are addressing, like we've talked about their audience. They know their audience and they know their audience is primarily new Christians, which is great. I mean, praise God that the kingdom is being advanced and grown. That's awesome. Yep. Um, so a lot of their questions are, well, if God loves me, how did this happen? Or how do I get through this difficult marriage? Or I'm having financial issues. How am I going to be provided for? Like, those are valid questions. And I don't mean, be, you know, not validate them. Yeah. But I think what, like you said, with like a Chandler or a Jeff or a Sproul or a Piper, what you get is those questions are still there. But how you process them is so different. So when I was listening to one, of, it was actually Mike Todd's sermon. And I forget the question he presented to the congregation, but it was something along the lines of finances. And what automatically came up in my head was, well, God's good, so it's okay. Like, like if you have an understanding of God's sovereignty and God is good no matter what the situation, bad or good, if you know that, that no matter what is happening, he doesn't have to pull through for me and he's still good regardless even if he doesn't. If you understand that, like that's not a question anymore. So, yeah. I mean, to make it real, real, whenever uh, I lost my job, like my, my company I worked for restructured almost two years ago. And when that happened, I'm not saying I wasn't worried, but I knew God was in control regardless of the situation. So I thought, okay, well, this is troubling. I've got to provide for my family. I've got to do things, but I'm not worried that he's not looking out for me because whether I find a job tomorrow or in two months or in a year, He's still good. So it's not a matter of, you know, I'm waiting for God to provide for me and I'm hoping on that and I'm I'm holding on to that promise or, you know, like regardless if it happens or not, like I already know he's good. So I'm not asking that question. Like now you're going to be worried. I think any reasonable human is going to be a bit concerned. Like, okay, well, what do I I need to do? Like I obviously need to be proactive in this situation, but you're, your understanding of God isn't bruised or broken because something happens like a bad situation. You just know that he's good regardless. And he may even be using this absolutely horrible situation to bring you closer to him or to teach you more about him. And I just feel like a lot of the questions that are asked in those sermons, they're not bad. They're actually real questions that I think a lot of pastors need to ask their congregation. But in the light of scripture of saying that you, you know, being deeper, having a better understanding of who God is. And again, not to beat a dead horse here, but that comes back with 
exegetically looking at the text correctly and knowing that I'm not Elijah, I'm not Moses, I'm not David, and my problems aren't Goliath. Um, like, I'm not saying you can't use those situations to kind of, you know, bring out that story a bit more, but what's more powerful? My debt being Goliath and me being David, or knowing that God's providence throughout time in the greater story of history was lining all these situations up so that David could take the throne, so that you know, Jesus could come through that lineage, so that he could prove his power to his people, which were doubting him. Like, there's so much more depth to that than that's my debt and I'm David. Like, it's just, I think yeah. if you understand it that way, you don't ask those questions. It's not that they're silly. It's just that they're much... Yeah, I, it's I a think different level. A anybody in their right mind with a blank slate that reads the story um, leading up to and uh, after David and Goliath, no one, no one is going to read that story like you would read a fiction story or anything else and walk away going, "That could be about debt." <laughs> yeah. That could be about no. Exactly. It doesn't have anything exactly. to do with that, right? And that's yeah. the point, right? Like, I think um, uh, some of what you'll get from uh, being uh, attending Sunday at Elevation or whenever they do their thing, um, probably multiple times. Uh, but some of what you'll get isn't bad. You know, that's certainly not what uh, I think either of us feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I admittedly haven't listened to many uh, full sermons of Furtick or Mike Todd. I've listened right? to a lot. The, the ones that I've listened to are no deeper than what my children learn in Sunday school mm-hmm. as far as spiritual truths, discipleship level, journey, you know, helping you through the journey of Christ. Christianity and, and becoming a, a better disciple of Christ. It's not deep. It, you're just, you're, you're helping someone through that week maybe, but not deepening their understanding of scripture or God or who they are in Christ or any of that stuff. It, it turns into um, just survive another week and come back and I'll help you next week. Yeah. Right. Um, whereas some of these other guys, it, man, it really is, um, you're all the things that I just said, that's what you're getting out of there. You're, you're learning more of who you are in Christ. And if you, you learn uh, everything you need to know about uh, who God is and what he has done and w- who that makes you now. And now what you need to go do um, that you can then without someone having to tell you a lot of times, you can make that apply to your finances and how mm-hmm. you live yeah. your life and your worship there. You can. So um, I feel that those audiences, this is going to get me in trouble. There's no good way to word this. Oh, that's good. I, but, but, but <laughs> I, interested. I, I, I just, I feel like based solely on my hearing them teach, Okay. Based solely on my hearing those two men teach, it seems as though if they know their audience, and I'm assuming they do, that their audience are either baby Christians or non-Christians or people who think they're Christians. 
not people who are, um, he's not expecting that any of them are spiritually developed. That I guess is the way that I'm um, mm-hmm. reading his preaching. And um, well, I think he stated that before, like a long time ago, but he sure. stated that before that if you are a Christian, this church isn't for you anymore. I think that was the exact words. <laughs> Which def- completely defeats the purpose of church uh, or coming together. I yeah. think now that that now with that being said, that might have changed. Um, I'm really so here. Here's a here's a confession. I'm very interested because I found when I was uh, listening to one of these sermons at the very end, like the 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 closing thing that YouTube has, where it's not part of the actual service, it's like a bumper at the oh, end. Oh, yep. Uh, he said, uh, hey, you can be a part of our church as well. Sign up for our eFam and become part Oh, of- yeah, yeah. Transform it. That was Mike Todd. Oh, maybe it was Mike Todd. And you can become part of a small group via online. Yeah. Uh, which one, I have a huge issue with that because you should be going to a real church and not an online church. Yeah. Um, but aside from all of that, I'd be really interested to sign up for that to see, okay, what are they teaching in their small groups then? Which I might do. I might do, and we might talk about it later. Because that is a really good, yeah, write that down for sure. Yeah. That, that's something that would be good. Because it'd be really interesting to be like, okay, well, your argument is, because this is the argument. This is the argument I hear from lots of people. I mean, for verdicts never reached out, obviously. But um, uh, a lot of the argument from that side is, okay, well, yeah, but we go a lot deeper outside of Sunday morning. Okay, that's great. I would be very interested to know like what you talk about in small group then. Okay. What does that look like? Because look, if I'm wrong, I'll eat crow all day long. If you're talking about the Trinity and eschatology and deepening my understanding of who I am in Christ and who Christ is and you know, what sanctification means. Like if you're talking about in a small group, fantastic. I would love to be like, know that. Um, I don't think that's probably what's happening, but um, if it is, you know, good on you, I guess. Uh, yeah. But I'm very interested. I might sign up for that because I'm, I'm just so interested. I was like, okay, because a lot of churches don't do that. They understand that the church is the body that you are together with every week. And nobody in their right mind, in my opinion, would be like, we well, can become a var- part of our church without ever attending. But that's a thing that apparently is happening now. Um, but I might sign up just to find out, become a part of Transformation Church's small group. That'd be weird. I feel like it's. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would. I've never even thought about doing that before, but that that's actually a good little experiment. Offered it. Thing. I heard it in the bumper yeah. and I was like, this can't be real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would be helpful. I think honestly to get a better perspective or at least a more complete perspective mm-hmm. than, than probably either of us have right now on well, I don't, um, other than the either of those guys. Online. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's an important thing for us since this is our last thing for the month. It's important for us to, make sure that everybody listening or watching knows that that like that that this is all purely based on what we have seen with our eyes and heard with our ears and which is basically sermons yeah right and maybe what some other people have said but even that is you have to take with a grain of salt because you didn't hear it from their mouth in fact some of what i've heard straight from furtick's mouth and those elephant room uh videos you referenced i think week one podcast ago yeah 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 um and some of what i've heard straight from his mouth like his heart is not wrong yeah his desire for his church and his preaching and and what they want to accomplish is good 
See, that was it's, the weird thing. When I watched that, I thought, okay, this is the verdict that I see preaching on Sunday morning. I, I, right. I, I heard him say that, and I was like, okay, well, maybe I need to reconsider verdict a bit. And then I watched his sermon, and I'm like, well, maybe I don't. Like, I don't – it's such a dichotomy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's really – I am I think that to in, – in my mind, to answer your question from earlier – Yeah. It, it's a combination of a couple of things for me. I, I think that it, it is obviously scripture is the word of God and it's true. And when you don't challenge people, when you intentionally um, kind of baby people on sun, like in your, your preaching, um, then of course they're going to want to come there. Right. Yeah. If, if I gave my children ice cream for supper, they would like me a lot. They would be a, uh, uh, Mm-hmm. very unhealthy and they would die young yeah. right but young. i would be a i would have a cape and a, a big s on my chest to them so it's the same concept right and um and so i are there i don't i don't want to doubt that people are being saved you know i because i don't think that any any of us are in the place to do that no matter mm-hmm. what you think you know but um but at the same time, if the gospel that you are being taught is incomplete or weak or not the real gospel, then I don't know. You know, I, is that something that all those baptisms are all legitimate and all of those people really get it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Not from Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> you know. There you go. I think that answers the I mean, I don't know. Question. All right. Uh, so, um, the other half of this was talking about kind of what we learned. Now, like you said, we've talked about the, the goods and the bads. We've, I think we've talked at that. No one's confused about where we stand, I guess, is the easiest way to say that. Um, but with that, what are – let's do four. Let's do four. What are four things – Oh, boy. Yeah, I'll go first. That you, can take, that you can take away from all six of these guys that maybe you don't currently do that um, – that, you've seen you go what okay maybe that would be worth um you know trying to work in a little bit so for me uh four things one that really stuck out to me the most was that book that you had from jeff where he said you know always ask the so what so okay so now the text has been preached now it's not that i don't already do application but i think his specific questions were really helpful what book was that again what was the name it it's a blog post i i wrote it in that book that oh, you gotcha. saw okay. it's a blog post um specifically on preaching on sermons or developing sermons or something gotcha. we'll try to put a, that in the description yeah, yeah sure um but anyway so that was uh that was really good uh secondly i think that uh as much as i hate to admit it i really do need to apply a little bit of verdict and todd's bringing people back around sort of thing um because i worked through a text so specifically that i think I don't, I don't have that built in to where like, okay, you know, keep to ask questions throughout instead of just at the end sort of thing. Um, then I think at, uh, for uh, Sproul, for example, and this is something I've tried to work in a bit more since we did watch these sermons is, you know, not taking for granted that just because everybody that's in that church has been in that church for 20 years, that they actually understand the gospel, like um, calling out, you know, you say, and I think actually my last sermon, I, I specifically intentionally did that and said, I'm not foolish enough to think that just because you're here, you know, the gospel, 
So, and then, you know, you know, just stating that. Um, and then for something I do absolutely horribly that I don't think I've done at all is something like, so Piper and Sproul both do, which is anticipating the, the, the questions that are coming from what I'm saying and then addressing those questions. Um, I don't, I don't think I ever do that. I just kind of present it and be like, all right, I don't care if you have any questions about it. Like, this is it. So, um, those are definitely just from listening to these guys. Um, something that I was like, all right, these things are, would be worth looking at. So. Okay. I like the dramatic um, mic to your mouth yeah. situation. What? I'm going to pick the whole thing up and drop it at the end. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. That's the church's mic. And if it were mine, you know, you I, wouldn't might, wanna, yeah. I would have to buy a new one. So anyway, um, I, so I second your motion when it comes to uh, Todd and Furtick, right? Like there, there are definitely things. So, and uh, let me preface it by saying, I think that there's less that, I can learn from uh, Piper Chandler, Chandler Sproul, Vanderstelt because I've been watching them. You already do it, yeah, for a long time, right? And so my preaching is already dripping with things that I try to learn from them and and do better at. Um, some of which is what you uh, specifically were talking about with the asking yourself the questions for application. I don't ever want to end up putting an application together from a text that is, you know, that is not, I want the gospel to be in every sermon that I preach Mm -hmm. some aspect of it, some kind of bring them back to Christ. Because if I truly believe that the whole story of all of scripture is pointing to or pointing back to or about or an analogy of or whatever if 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 Christ is the very center of all of scripture the gospel is the story of the bible is the redemption story from cover to cover then it has to be at the end of the day what all of those texts and scriptures and everything that we preach are about, Mm -hmm. right? Or meant to point us to. And so I got to find that. um, And this is something that I don't think that uh, I I try to do it, but I think I I need to grow in is in application and even just throughout um, expounding on the text, I need to make sure that I'm finding the what in this text is pointing to or back to or referencing or how is this applicable to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. Because it is right. I mean, I I fully believe that it is um, all of it. So I got to, you know, I try to make sure that the gospel is in there, but I've got to make sure that it's the gospel that this specific text is pointing to on purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's one thing I think, um, uh, also, uh, really, and this is something that I'm getting, a, uh, I think a little better at because I'm preaching more in the same audience, but is, is really getting to know your audience. Right. And to the point that, that, uh, the verdicts of the world do, 
right? Where you know how these people are probably going to respond when I say whatever this, mm-hmm. um, how do I, how do I say this in such a way not to, um, drive everyone out having never gotten the point, but at the same time, not letting them off the hook. Like we got to grow, right? Mm-hmm. We've, yeah. we've got to be discipled. We've got to hear the word, even if it's hard. So they're finding that balance. Right. And I think some of the guys that we talked about this month really are good at finding that balance. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of that too comes down to um, two things. One, taking the time to like sit down and craft like what you're going to. So for example, something that I think Furtick and Todd do well um, is that they are deliberate in some of the phrases that they say, because they know those phrases are going to be tweeted or written down and remembered. Um, and they have that advantage over, I'd say all the other four guys, those guys don't have that in mind. Um, a tweetable phrase. Now there can obviously be positives and negatives in that, but the positive in that is that they have crafted that. That's not off the top of their head. Like they thought about that. The phrase yeah. pregnant with purpose was not something that just came out of Mike Todd's <laughs> mouth because he thought it was a good idea. Like he just, it just came to his head. Like he yeah. sat down and he thought about that like probably a long time uh, because he knew his audience is 30 and under use Twitter all the time. And somebody is going to remember that tweet that out. And then one more person's going to know about his message. So like, I think that like, like you said, knowing your audience more and just knowing, like taking the time and sitting down and looking over those phrases. So I don't know. Do you know who a guy named Mike Winger is? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know. who. Okay. He is. So he's on YouTube. There was a video that he did a while back about like how he crafts the sermon. And something I took okay. from that video was that he said he'll write his sermon the whole way through. He'll sit down and then he'll start cutting things out that are extra that he doesn't need. He'll look at the phrases that he's saying and said, am I saying that right? Or can I say that better? And then he'll get done with that and he'll look at it a third time and say, does this flow well? And is, is it communicating the message that I, that the text is communicating or do I need to cut some more? And that to me, I was like, I don't like when I'm done, I'm done. Like I'm not, I'm not going back through cutting again, but like it was, I think that's why it's so important. For example, for churches to allot their pastors that time to, to, to sit down and to prepare and to look and not just be like, all right, pastor, I need you to visit me in the hospital, do seven funerals and maybe do 30 minutes on a message. And, and you can tell when somebody does that because they haven't done word study. They haven't done, I mean, fully transparent. There's some messages that I was preaching that I didn't have a lot of time and you can tell because they were, yeah. they were bad. Um, and <laughs> you won't, you won't link that one. Uh, you know something, I've been trying to be a whole lot better about posting messages, whether I thought they were bad or not there for a while. If they were, I was like, that was a, that knocked it out of the park. I'll post that. And then there were some that I was like, that was no. horrible. No one will ever hear that again. Um, I don't, I don't have that choice. The sound people have it done yeah. by the time I could even get upstairs. So, yeah. Uh, well, there you go. That's that I need somebody to do that because I, I'm trying to be a lot better about that. But the, the long story short is that like it, I think as pastors, we need to make sure we have that time, like regardless of anything else, because we're, we're literally dealing with people's souls um, mm-hmm. to make sure we get it right. 
Um, and if that means like Mike Winger does like take three sweeps at it and be like, okay, that needs to come out. That needs to be added. Cause his whole point, like the whole video is about making sure that he's saying what the text says in a clear way uh, and cutting out anything that doesn't include that. And I think to a much lesser extent, we need to be worried about, you know, tweetable phrases or things like that. But again, that's us knowing our audience. I mean, yeah. people that are listening to this podcast are on a phone right now, probably. I doubt anyone sits down at their computer and listens to a podcast unless you're a sociopath. Like, you're in your car <laughs> or you're working out. Like, who sits, at their, <laughs> who sits at their computer is like, I feel like sitting here for 40 minutes in front of my device. Yeah. Like, you're not doing that. Yeah, so um, if, you're, if you're currently right now <laughs> as you're listening to this, sitting at a computer... You are probably Jeffrey Dahmer. That's not quite what I was going, but Epstein didn't hang himself. So um, the, <laughs> so, sorry, I heard Jeffrey and my mind went right there. So back, wow. that was a nice, that just kind of went off the trail there really bad. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, that's fine. Any, <laughs> anyway, long story short, like we just need to make sure that we're like being really cognizant of what we're saying. Um, yeah. because the people that I would put in a category that aren't doing it very well exegetically are definitely taking that time. So yeah. Uh, yeah. we should do so as well. So, yeah, I think so too. I talked for like 20 minutes and you finished with, I think so too. <laughs> what? Well, there's an earthquake here, so obviously it looks like you're about to. <laughs> Are you typing? No, I was just moving my camera. No, oh, I yeah, think, but... uh, yeah, I, I, there are there are a lot of things I think that that you know, goofballs like you and I can take away from some. Oh, like, yeah, when you, uh, um, even when you talked about sermon development, did you know this is a fun fact? John Piper starts Friday. Friday and then Saturday, Sunday. Yep. There's a video on YouTube somewhere. I guess we're gonna, we're gonna run out that? of we're gonna run out of link places, so <laughs> you don't have to link it or anything. Just all you gotta do is type in uh, Piper Sermon Development or something like mm -hmm. that, and you'll find the video. But he taught he goes through his whole process of developing sermons, and um, I mean, it's like I would be nervous doing what he does like he he'll if it, especially if it's a text that he's fairly familiar with yeah he'll start friday and i forget all of the particulars but essentially he um spends some time praying obviously that kind of thing yeah. and then he just sits down at a computer and writes and um then he said there there are certainly times when he'll um get into the evening you know, and whatever else, but man, I don't, I couldn't just start thinking about it Friday. I guess if you have, I mean, he's been in ministry how long? Surely he hasn't done that his whole life. Yeah. I don't know. That's like, just I what like he that described. Comes out of an abundance of knowledge of just, you've been preaching for literal decades. So now yeah. you're like, I've already looked at that a lot. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to pop it out during lunch. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go eat a hamburger yeah, right. and you'll have a 40 minute sermon on Nehemiah. I'll be back. Yeah, I'm just like, gonna read. I'm just gonna read a Chandler script while man, I'm up there. Man, yeah. Uh, if I started I, on Friday, that's what I would have to do. I'd have to just <laughs> download somebody else's script. True and story. Just read it. I uh, yeah. I I once was at a church where a pastor uh, literally 
uh, read from a Fertig sermon. Yeah. And now Just it wasn't read from it. It wasn't verbatim, but his notes. So I know this only because um, I, I don't know why I knew it was Fertig, but I knew it was Fertig. And I was at the sound booth uh with uh one of the guys that ran the sound booth and we had the computer obviously back there and i thought it just sounded familiar so i searched and i pulled it up and you better believe it was almost word for word like he definitely took his main points and i was like what is this this is it's actually one of my first memes i put on uh this page on my instagram page wow. was that i was like there is no way you just took all of verdict's points uh but some guys do that some guys, I mean, you could have picked anybody in the known internet world. He really looked to up copy Freddy. from. He really looked up to Freddy. I think he probably still does. All right. Well. Anyway, that was my talked, fun. We've talked about them enough. I'm, it's fine. Yeah, Whatever, man. Sermon. So yeah. Anyway, so that's what we can learn. That's awesome. Um, I don't really have any other closing points. I think we've talked uh, about it a lot. Do you have anything? You know, uh, not not really. I think that it would be uh, just from our last few minutes of talking. I think it would be cool, probably not next month necessarily, but to circle because it'd be too similar. But to circle back around and talk about um, uh, sermon development at some point, like how different people and their processes and stuff, that would be a good topic. I think for a month at some point in the future, but. So on that, in case you guys are watching or listening, this is obviously the last episode of this series. Uh, That's how they're being broke down. So if you're on YouTube, you're looking for season one. That was all of our last month's topic. This will be season two, uh, talking about, um, you know, methodology of these different pastors. And then we'll see you guys next month for a top secret, uh, (laughs) what we're going to talk about all of next month. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And if you're, uh, if you feel like it, you could give us five stars because my entire self worth is built on these these ratings. So. Look, if we have five people give five stars, Michael will do the floss. What are you doing? I can't. Do- <laughs> I did. Okay, fine. <laughs> fine. <laughs> And then we'll talk about yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, how hold on. dancing no, no. isn't okay. Hold on, hold on a second. We need to raise that number because I know five <laughs> people within a group chat that I'm a part of that would quickly do that. Just to, like, it needs to be higher. It needs okay. to be higher. Um, six. I'm just kidding. I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll go ten. We'll go ten. If, if All right. Ten. Okay. We'll go ten. All right. Ten people. All right. This is like youth group days again. Shave your head if I bring a friend. (laughs) What's going to be awkward is when uh, 10 people do this and uh, you do this uh, wonderful dance. um, And the people who are watching it or listening to it that at that time, well, I guess if you're listening, doing the floss is going to be kind of stupid. It's fine. It'll be great. (laughs) You have to come to the YouTube channel. The people that watch at that time, they're gonna they're gonna be wondering what in the world they're tuning into if they weren't here for this one so <laughs> i'll be wondering what they're tuning into this won't even be the i don't i'll have to practice <laughs> anyway guys leave 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 four stars leave four stars <laughs> and i won't have to do the floss we will talk to you later have a great day